Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 25. And tonight we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale, episode 82, Skating Rink. We're going to go listen to this episode. And as always, we encourage you to listen to it because when we come back, we're going to spoil the hell out of it. See you in a minute. was kind of adorable uh, in a really disturbing way. Uh, that is such a... I, I thought that Carlos and Cecil were romantic. And they are. Yes. But I think we've yes. seen the blossoming of a brand new romance here. And it's so sweet. Yeah. Very appropriate yes. for the day after Valentine's Day. Or as some of us like to call it, the day that all the Valentine's Day candy goes on sale. I approve of that. I like all of those things. So we started out the episode with Cecil... <laughs> giving us a little, I don't know, what do you call it, the intro? Because it's the opposite of the closing proverb, mm-hmm. So, but it's his usual little intro thing. But this week it was, if you're happy and you know it, then the chemtrails are finally working. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Didn't you have somebody or have a friend who uh, was kind of conspiracy theorist oriented, but even he thought the chemtrails thing was kind of bunk? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a friend of a friend, and he actually works for an airline. I won't tell you which one. But he he's definitely like anti-government and always seems to be just, you know, shadowy organizations and all this. And I found out that he was a pilot. And I was like, oh, yeah. So that whole thing about chemtrails, he's like, no, totally BS, except he didn't say BS. But he said, he, as a professional pilot, I can tell you people are constantly putting things into my plane that I'm not aware of. So, yeah, he <laughs> completely discounted all of that, which if you believe in chemtrails, fine. But <laughs> I don't know. Don't. The, the biggest theory I've heard about chemtrails is that they're leaching um, uh, contraceptives into the air. And I'm like, well, they're not doing a very good job, <laughs> are they? Grief. Our cousin, uh, we have a cousin in Alabama. Hi, Tabitha. And she's about to have her ninth kid. So I don't think the contraceptives are actually working. No, no, okay. absolutely yeah, not. So. But if you want to have that many kids, fine, have that many kids. We do not judge. Anyway, but we start out the episode finding out that the Desert Flower Bowling Alley and Arcade Fun Complex is getting one more awesome thing into the building. A skating rink! Yay! Hey, was it just me or did you think when you first heard of it that it would be an ice skating rink? No, I was actually thinking the 1980s kind of skating rink sort of thing, which from the end of the episode seems kind of appropriate because some of this sounds like it's right out of a 1980s rom-com. Yeah, no, very much so. And I think we can, most of us agree that roller skating rinks are just slightly cooler than skating, like ice skating rinks. I don't know why, but I think that's a fact. I just just happen (laughs) to think that is. But Teddy Williams, the owner, was reassuring people that there is no underground city underneath the skating complex he has double checked and triple checked it he knows it for certain because he built it on an old pet cemetery (laughs) oh dear (laughs) he said there's yes there have been some growls and hisses that he've heard but that's obviously just from the ghosts of the pets whose bodies he disturbed so there's nothing to be worried about yes it's just built on a pet cemetery it's fine Right. Well, we've got a whole baseball team that's... Is it is the baseball team have ghosts playing for it, or is the coach a ghost? I can't remember. I think they have ghosts field. playing for it. Yeah, yeah. So ghosts, they have no problem with. Underground cities intent on overthrowing the city, now that's actually bad. But ghosts, pff, totally fine. 
Well, the uh, reports that we're getting from Cecil is that the city council has been wandering around town, and they're talking about how pretty the flowers are, like really getting yeah. into people's faces. And they start throwing daisies at the reporters, and then talking about how the sun looks like it's smiling. And obviously, this is disturbing everybody quite yeah, a bit. this is worrying. But I was thinking that it must be everybody in town who's in a good mood, because for crying out loud, station management has been buying people donuts. And they gave Cecil a card telling him he's doing a good job. And they gave him a raise. And considering the fact that he didn't even know he was being paid, he's really happy about this. It's very cool. I don't know if any of our listeners have wandered over to the uh, Nightville Citizens Facebook page, but there was someone who offered a theory about station management, about this whole Maureen thing, that the reason why Cecil has been ducking Maureen's attempts to get him to sign off on her internship is because he'd have to take that for approval to station management. I'm like, hmm, I don't know if that's canon, but it's a really good explanation, I thought. Yeah, you can use that as an explanation for a lot of things that Cecil does or does not do at the radio station. If he doesn't think station management is going to approve of it, he's probably not going to do it. And you got to think about it. How often has he had to get anyone to sign off on an internship? How often have the interns survived? Is it just Dana? Did he ever get Dana's letter signed? I don't know, because she became mayor. So usually, I think if you become mayor, you don't really need to deal with a lot of internship paperwork. I think it just kind of falls by the wayside. But the new intern, Kareem, actually seems to be doing very well. I'm, I'm very concerned about him. It is Kareem, isn't it? Yeah, it is, actually. And he yeah. insists, he, he told Cecil, station management's out of the building. I want to go and check out the new skating rink. And Cecil's like, well, fine, but you've got to report on it. And Kareem's just out the door. So he's obviously... Very into the whole skating rink thing. The One of the reasons why I was thinking that maybe there was just something in the air that was making everybody happy, there was a press conference where the sheriff was talking about the strangers to town. You know, those people that don't do anything except breathe regularly and sometimes appear really close to you without seeming to move at all, which I'm like, that's like a horror movie trope that chills down my back. But um, they're, they're working on it. He thinks that they're former members of Desert Bluff who fled their terrible town. And I'm like... I don't think that's it. No, I, I think Desert Bluffs people do more than just breathe. Yeah, I think they do. But the reason why I thought that everybody was in a good mood is he's got a bone to pick with the mayor about, you know, various like funding of Desert Bluffs people and maybe not using it to fight crime. But other than that, he supports the mayor, including the mayor's push to let people and dogs into the dog park. I think we're seeing hell freeze over at this point. That's uh, Yeah, it's really... But, I mean, he. Uh, there was some mention about a really cute puppy, I think. Yeah. The, the yeah. sheriff was talking about that There's he's, he spotted a really, really cute puppy, and he's really getting into how cute this puppy is. Yeah, that may be behind his push to let dogs into the dog park. Maybe he thinks he'll be able to hang around more cute puppies. I don't know. I don't think that's going to end well. The last time Mayor Dana Cardinal tried to push for having dogs and people into the dog park, I mean, they ended up sort of getting some concessions, but I had the feeling like it didn't go well for anybody. But No, I but I do like this uh, sheriff, how he does press conferences sometime. He answered questions by doing a very elaborate uh, sculpture in stone. Yeah, and there's some pretty good dedicated reporters on that staff. They watched him carve the stone for Four hours. So it's not like he just sort of threw something together. He put some craftsmanship into that sucker. We had a word from our sponsors with the return of Deb, the sentient patch of haze. Yay! I love Deb. Um, She's always so cool. A little bit of argument with uh, Cecil about the fact that she apparently doesn't work for the station and she hasn't specifically been hired on by 
any of the sponsors and see someone to know why she's there and she's like not everything is an emergency but uh, yeah and that's her answer and so yeah yeah. the the sponsor today is really kind of funny was pfizer and uh i work for a company that's associated with clinical trials and i'm not on a pfizer study but we do hear about pfizer a lot so it just kind of (laughs) resonated with me about the fact that you know pfizer it's indescribable don't describe us you're describing us in your mind aren't you (laughs) i like she just got so overwrought about it that the tagline of the commercial was pfizer we can't even with this right now so (laughs) just she ended up storming out in a in a huff and slammed the door without actually moving the door so that was even cecil was impressed by that one we got a phone call from hiram mcdaniels from prison isn't that nice hiram is using his one phone call to call cecil but he really wanted to talk about the fact that he thinks this jury selection process is really unfair yeah exactly and i should also stress that we heard from four of hiram's five heads because violet still has his head stuck out the wall and is not participating in this conversation well he shouted Uh, a couple of times to say he could hear that they were talking about him but you know and the right, right. green heads of course threatening him and the red head is the the gold head is the main one right i think so i believe yeah, so the gold, yeah. the gold head to... was saying that you know he needs to not do that because it's witness tampering because violet yes. is actually a witness against the other four heads yes yes and he talked about they've made a computer program to sort of help with the whole jury thing since they can't find other five-headed dragons other than his sister hadassah but you can't put relatives in a jury but it's a computer program that makes one five-headed dragon, so the courthouse officials have decided that five heads count as five jurors. So that's that computer program. There's one computer program and, what, seven? Uh, five. <laughs> Just like I'm like doing that. I think they yeah. said it was going to be five other humans, which you know what that's going to mean. A hung jury. Yeah, unfortunately. I think, that I think what's, that's what we're shaping up to. The math isn't kind of falling out at this point so they that's a good way to get a mistrial declared and then he'll be back on the street so i think they need to really look at this a little bit better but um leave that and go on to more reports from intern kareem about the skating rink and apparently the power has completely gone out and teddy williams is telling everybody to stay away and he wishes that just once people could come and play arcade games and not have to be in fear for their life <laughs> this is Night Vale. How likely is that? No, no. So that went on to the weather. And what was the uh, artist for the weather this time? The, uh, it was Tristan Hayes, and the song was Thinking of Milk. And I'm trying to describe it kind of like indie 90s rock, maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe very late 80s, which again, with the theme of tonight's episodes with the skating rink and everything, that's very appropriate. Yes, yes, absolutely. But we come back and Cecil's giving us some more heads up about what's going on at the skating rink. Basically, everybody's at the skating rink. I mean, Leanne Hart from the newspapers there, uh, John Peters, you know, the farmer, and just about everybody that you know is at the skating rink. And Kareem is putting his stuff together and putting it in a locker and getting his skates on and heading out. And he gets face to face with station management who has shown up at the skating rink. And he thinks he's in huge trouble because he was supposed to just either be on break or be recording on the opening of the skating rink. And he starts to explain and station management isn't paying attention. No, station management is completely captivated by the sight of the city council doing circles in unison all over the dance floor. And their eyes meet, and they skate towards each other, and city council feeds station management live rats. 
<laughs> and then does this adorable thing when station management is finished eating it. City Council brushes the scraps of tags, tails and legs off their face. It's really very cute. And <laughs> just they are so in love. I can't even tell you. And they left together. So everybody's talking now. So that's and Aww. Cecil had a lot of lovely things to say about being single is great. Being in a long term relationship is great. But there is something that's absolutely unique about that moment when you're in between the two, when you're single, but you're in love or you think you're in love, which almost yes, seems yes. like it's foreshadowing a nasty breakup, which a breakup between I... city council and station management. I don't think that's going to be good for anybody. Oh, that's that's going to be really dangerous. But I could I be wrong. I, I mean, when Night Vale first started, I was convinced that the whole affection between Cecil and Carlos was completely one-sided, which is why oh, yeah. it blew me away so much when it turned out that Carlos liked Cecil too. Yes. Oh, that I exactly. That's I really thought this was going to be this whole thing where Cecil was going to be creeping out Carlos all the time by just, you know, stalking him basically and then you find out that Carlos is just as into him and I'm like that's just the most adorable thing ever. they actually mentioned in the beginning of the episode about the fact that there's a lot of live shows that's still available for purchase on the Night Vale website and one of those is Condos which to this yes. day remains my favorite episode I just love yes. that episode so much it's not the moment when Cecil and Carlos got together but it's Cecil and Carlos having this brilliant, lovely little conversation about what it means to be together and to be really together. And it just, it's so cute. It's so adorable. And I love that line when he's like, but not a condo. No, not a condo. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of the episode. It was really, it was just very, it's day after Valentine's Day. I should have been expecting that they do something sweet and equally disturbing at the same time. Of course, time. because that's Nightville all over. Yes, it really is, but... Other than that, what are you? What have you been up to lately? Well, I have watched all three episodes that have been released so far for the Lucifer TV show, and yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not a fan. No, I'm a no, huge no. fan of the original graphic novel, but I was willing to give the TV show a chance to succeed or fail on you know its own because you can't just have like a word for word transcription of the comic book into a TV show. You've got to have something new. It is about as formulaic as you can imagine. I mean, just, uh, and Lucifer is enjoying the fact that he gets to punish evildoers and it's, no, and he's, he's being like character. seduced by the good side, I guess is what it is. And just, you know, things that keep happening that you're just, as soon as the scene starts, you know what they're going to do because it is that formulaic. I mean, they've uh, invented a police officer character that Lucifer is obviously enamored with or obsessed with, whatever, and she's got a very cute little six-year-old daughter, but the police officer, she used to be a adult film star, and she has been wondering about how she's going to explain this to her daughter, because you know, it's this whole thing that she had to get past when she started out on you know, the police force, whatever, and she finally realized she has to tell her. So she sits down with a very awkward conversation, telling her six-year-old daughter, all about what she used to do. And what do you think actually happens in the scene? Mm, the daughter already knew about it? Yes. <laughs> I knew it! That I, I is, swear to God, I have not I have not watched the show, but I could guess exactly where that was going. That is exactly how predictable the writing can get sometime. And I think the uh, actor is having a lot of fun playing Lucifer, but the whole 
thing with the Lucifer uh, comic book series to start out with, the old one, not the current one that's going on, uh, is that Lucifer didn't care. He could not be seduced no. by humans. He doesn't have any bits. <laughs> Sorry, yes. He's an angel. Think um, Alan Rickman's character in the movie Dogma. He has no bits. He cannot be seduced yes. by human females. But they're just... No. It's, it's another... It's it's just a, a police procedural buddy cop movie with yeah. a lot of pretty people wandering around. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah, have you ever watched like NCIS? Um, I think the- so. Yeah, maybe okay. a while ago. Yeah, and you've watched some of the CSI stuff and some of the Law and Order SVU and all that kind oh, of sure. stuff. You and I both loved the original Law and Order, like way back in the day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I, I was never so much about all the spinoffs and all that kind of stuff. Have you ever been into any of those at all? Only if they happen to be playing on the TV when I'm exercising at the gym, basically. Okay. So what I'm wondering, Leland over on the Lost in Sci-Fi podcast, and Jada and I all talked about this. Now Leland, I believe, has seen the first episode and enjoyed it but he has never read the comic book and he also admits to liking NCIS and those types of shows even though he knows going into it that it will be the exact same story every time he still gets excited for it it's you know one of his guilty pleasures he likes it if you had never read the comic book do you think you would like the show or would you find the predictability too much? i would probably think the predictability would be too much i mean it's okay. just it's right. very taken with itself i think yeah, and I've heard the guy playing Lucifer, I've heard many, many, many people say he is very charming. So if this doesn't work out for him, I hope he can go on to something that's equally that or I just I just want the writers to do something different. I want them to surprise me. That's the whole yeah. point of watching a TV show is not knowing what's going to happen next. So I want them to do yeah. something unique. Just just something yeah. that hasn't been done before, if at all possible, or at least hasn't been done in this kind of buddy cop place procedural sort of thing. Right. Well, speaking on those terms, we had the return of The Walking Dead last night. Oh, boy. Which if you go over, yeah, if you go over to Comic Issues Pod is the Twitter feed, and I was live tweeting from that account, and surprising us, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to tell you who, I will not say, but three characters died within the span of a minute and it just every single one of them shocked me i'm like oh my god they're dead holy crap that one's dead oh but they just killed somebody else you know it was just it was very surprising and very fast and it was a good episode i thought it was a solid episode so i'm sort of surprised that on a show that has a body count as high as that one that they can still surprise me when someone dies it's like wow i didn't expect any of that that's why it's never a bad you know i never thought that the cast list was overwhelming you know, when they keep bringing in more people and then these people have their own storyline and these people have their own storyline because, you know, anything could happen. So they kind of have yeah, to build yeah. up. But they never, I don't know that they've ever care, created any throwaway characters. No, I uh, uh, I can't say any more without spoiling something. So I won't say anything else. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, yeah. Except for the fact that a couple times with something that happened close to the end of the episode, I was kind of like, now the writers are trolling us to be like, oh, we're going to do it. Now nah, we're not going to do it. You know, they'll do it eventually. <laughs> well, uh, so you won't spoil that. I've been watching uh, Jessica Jones. I am now, we got only three episodes left in the uh, uh, show. So it's, David Tennant is unbelievably good. I mean, he is, nice. he has some of the mannerisms of the 10th Doctor. And at the same time, 
you can't think of him as, as the doctor in this. And I'm glad of that. I didn't want to think of him as playing the doctor all over again. I wanted something new and that's what he's done. But yeah, this episode, oh my God. Okay. So somebody died. Somebody showed their true colors. Someone made a shocking alignment shift and somebody managed to cut through the Gordian knot of one of Jessica's dilemmas. So it's um, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I'm only, uh, you know what? Considering the fact that we last recorded two weeks ago, I think I've only crept forward one episode. I've been watching other things, so I need to get caught up because what Leland told me when I told him where I was in the series, he's like, man, where you are right now, you're sitting here going, this is so good. This is amazing. This is one of the best shows I've ever watched. And he said, and it gets better. I'm like, oh boy. And it gets darker. He said, and it gets darker. Yeah. He said the same thing. I'm like, I don't know if I can take it. <laughs> oh God. Well, so on a completely different shift, I made this weird decision that for our continuing coverage of the Oscars, I've already seen all of the animated shorts that were nominated, so now I'm going to watch all of the feature-length documentaries. Don't turn off the recording! I know people are just like... <laughs> it's such an oh, odd choice, man. I think. I mean, I approve, but I've never tried that before. I don't think I've no. ever actually tried to watch any of one particular set of movies that have been nominated or... or anything so that's good for you me neither but I have to admit every time I've watched an Oscars where I've actually seen like a good percentage of the movies is way more interesting not that I ever watched the Oscars the Oscar party is really just an excuse to hang out with your friends and drink some beer and eat some food and occasionally glance at the screen so but kind of like the Super Bowl for me I think exactly very much so but yeah so I've watched Cartel Land which is about the drug war in Mexico which is definitely heavy and then I watched What Happened to Nina Simone or What Happened to You Nina Simone but it's about the singer uh, Nina Simone if you don't know and you've heard some of her songs if you're not familiar with jazz or blues or whatever you heard some of her songs and you don't know it but it's the story of her life and it's it's pretty interesting and now I've gone to one that's about Ukraine's fight for independence which also you might be just like uh snore but it's filmed very well it's really good it has a lot of cool graphic design stuff in the beginning so i kind of there's five i'm on the third uh if i manage to get through all of them i'll put up a post and say which one i think is most likely to win and which one i think is the best which are not usually the same thing Well, I mean, completely unrelated, no, but it was something I've been meaning to bring up uh, at some point. Have you ever watched The Secret of Kells, the animated movie? No, I haven't. But you know what? Andrew on the website, Andrew's seen it before, and he's a big fan, and he's told me before I need to watch it, and I just haven't gotten around to it. We only just watched it just like a week and a half ago, and it's beautiful. And I mean, when I say it's beautiful, every single frame... There are no throwaway shots in this. Every single frame looks like something that was illustrated for a book. It's done on purpose, very stylized, extremely influenced by illuminated manuscripts, obviously, because that's what the story is about. So, yes, Yes. I think it's – and I love the the characters, especially the little uh, – the forest girl in this. So as as soon as she shows up, you'll be like – I know why Catherine liked her because she's just perfect. Nice, good. I approve of that kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's it's one of many on my list. I was just talking today. Jada, friend of the podcast, invited me to come with her and Aaron to go see Deadpool today, and I was doing all these other things. So I was like, no, I'm just gonna you know try and get my other stuff done. And you know that means it's probably gonna be like three months after it's gone out on DVD before I finally see the darn thing because I'm bad at movies. I'm sorry. I'm watching documentaries. My priorities are jacked. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, the uh, the Hollywood cinema in Raleigh, the dinner theater, uh, they usually get the movies a couple of months after they've left the big screen. 
screens, and I'm perfectly right. okay with waiting until the movie gets there because that's a fun experience. Yeah, no, that's where we saw How to Train Your Dragon too. Yes. And that's, I mean, to be sitting watching a movie you've been waiting for for ages, and you're sitting in these comfortable chairs and looking up at the screen, and your waiter comes by and brings you beer and chicken wings, and you're like, well, this doesn't get any better than this. It's, it's pretty almost awesome. like being in your own living room, only the screen is much, much bigger. Yes, yes, very cool. That's all for this week. Make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com. We've got a ton of podcasts going on. We've got Lost in Sci-Fi with sometimes Leland and me and sometimes with Leland and some of his friends and also an episode with Leland and me and Jada. So that's going to be fun. And we've got Movie Issues podcast with Leland and Brian and Don. And yes, I did listen to the Westworld episode that you were telling me about. <laughs> just, <laughs> just killed me. Absolutely. With the, with the sex God. bots. Just oh, my Knocking God. Me for a loop. I was crying laughing. Just cleaning up the sex bots. And yes, that is what we mean. And <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> We've also got Pixel Clicks podcast with Jordan and his crew. And of course, Binary System podcast. Catherine gets reviews up all the time. And I do reviews of graphic novels and other stuff. And, you know, we're kind of random. Jada has done a couple articles, one for the Oscars and one for the Super Bowl. So you can see some of the things that she's writing. Tons of stuff going up all the time pixelatedgeek.com. Yep. Actually, my book review this week is my 100th solo review since I started doing oh, reviews. Congratulations. Thank very you. nice. Thank you. And That's I, very awesome. I, I am reviewing the 2014 book, The Gospel of Loki. And no, Ooh. it is not the Loki as portrayed by Tom Hiddleston. But yes, that is exactly why I picked it for my 100th. Because I saw Loki <laughs> and I just thought, sure. <laughs> you want to talk about things that are pretty predictable. I could have guessed that's why you did that no, one. Of so. course. Of course. <laughs> Other than that, we will see everybody in two weeks. Talk to y'all later.